It's Monday, and you're with Bob McAvoy, right here on the Semper Reformata podcast. Well, good morning. It's Monday morning, the 20th of June, 2022. And this is Bob McAvoy with a weekly look at what's happening and a little bit of perspective from a Christian standpoint. Well, let's start with our present financial crisis. The Guardian has reported that during the COVID response, orchestrated, I might say, by Westminster and led by the health departments of the so-called Four Nations, that protective clothing, that's PPE, personal protective equipment, worth £4 billion, was bought to stop NHS staff being infected with COVID. Now, where is it now? Well, it's being incinerated because it's useless. The Commons Public Accounts Committee, which oversees spending by Whitehall Departments, found that the Department of Health and Social Care, the DHSC, has four billion pounds, not four million, that would be bad enough, four billion pounds worth of PPE in storage. PPE that can't be used by frontline workers because it's below standard. Now, the Department of Health has told the PIC that it plans to burn the PPE and that it has appointed two commercial firms who will dispose, listen, of 15,000 pallets of unused, unsuitable, wasted personal protective equipment a month. Now, add to that the cost of the useless test and trace system, estimated to be another wasted £37 billion, and the money spent on furlough schemes, another £70 billion, so that people could have a year on holiday, and the millions wasted on unused COVID passports, and the mountain of plastic waste from thrown-away face masks, Now that's your money and mine going straight into an incinerator. That's money that could feed the poor and rehouse homeless people. That's money that could solve the problem of army veterans living on the street. That's money that could build new hospitals and pay for doctors and nurses. So every time you can't get through to a doctor or you hear the BBC talking about 24-hour waiting lists in accident and emergency, or you can't get a hip joint operation for five years, even though you're in agony. Remember what they did with our money. And when you're next at the petrol station and your car's consuming a hundred pounds or more worth of petrol, and in your heart you're blaming Putin, remember that most of your gallon of petrol goes to the government in tax. And remember that the price can't be lowered because the government needs that tax to pay for billions and billions of pounds of its own wasteful, profligate spending. And talking about petrol prices, as I was recording this podcast, I looked at the price of Brent crude selling at $118 per barrel. That's 1.38% down on the previous day. So the price of crude oil has fallen and yet road fuel at the pump selling at £1.80 per litre. Now back in 2008 when oil was last at a peak the price of Brent crude was around the same price. In fact its highest price that year was $145 a barrel. 
Yet in 2008, the price of a litre at the pump was around £1.20 to £1.35. Actually, right now, petrol in Gibraltar is selling at about one forty a litre, and they buy exactly the same crude oil as we do. Now, some curious person might be tempted to ask why the difference. Where's that extra 50p or so per litre going? Now, this is not a competition, and there's no praise, but take a guess anyway. So if you said, it's going to the government, well, I think you might be right. But still, sure, let's blame it on global warming. Let's call it green taxes, and we'll say no more. Oh, and don't forget the four billion pounds we're burning. On Monday last week, the Right Honourable Anthony Blair, erstwhile Prime Minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, was installed as a Knight Companion of the Most Noble Order of the Garter. Up to now, the highest order of British chivalry. I, I say up to now because now Tony Blair is a member of it. It kind of devalues it, doesn't it? A petition over a million signatures objecting to this honour being conferred upon Blair was rejected by Parliament. The Sun reports that Angus Scott, who launched the petition, wrote that Blair had caused irreparable damage to both the constitution of the United Kingdom and to the very fabric of the nation's society, and he called for Sir Tony to be held accountable for war crimes. I agree. Don't you? The government response to the petition was to set it aside on the grounds that the honour is bestowed by Her Majesty the Queen alone. Well, if so, both the Queen and Blair should be ashamed of themselves. The Queen for conferring any honour upon this obnoxious person, and Blair himself for his part in the Iraq War, for his destruction of the UK, for his role in dragging the morality of this nation into the gutter, and for his litany of lies and deceit. Worldly honours are meaningless in the light of eternity, and this now debased knighthood will mean nothing, because Blair and his ilk will one day stand before a holy God and give account of their lives. And as the Bible says, it is a fearsome thing to fall into the hands of the living God. On Friday the 17th of June, the Belfast newsletter carried a report that the Northern Ireland Secretary of State, Mr Brandon Lewis, MP, the man who has aggressively and wickedly promoted the culture of death in this province, is, and I quote, minded to offer women and girls abortion services over the telephone. The newsletter reports, Brandon Lewis said, Provision for a telemedicine service was not currently in the province's abortion regulations, but he was minded to add it. The treatment option allows women to take a medical abortion pill following a virtual consultation with a clinical professional. I don't really know what's wrong with this man, Mr Lewis. I don't know why he has so much hatred for unborn babies, but it honestly seems that his wickedness knows no boundaries whatsoever. Well, it wouldn't be me to finish on a cheerful note, sure it wouldn't. So have you made arrangements for your funeral? Most people here opt for burial or cremation, but 
Over in the USA, there are far more options. And when it comes to anything eco-green and woke, there's nowhere can outdo California. So the American-based website Religion News Service is reporting that Californians might have a new option soon. Composting. Yes, after death, you can have your body turned into fertiliser and used to grow crops or plants, which, after all, in Wokeland, are going to be your main source of food. You could, literally, be pushing up daisies. The idea is driven by California's obsession with reducing carbon emissions, and apparently the number of people being cremated is contributing to climate change. RNS reports, and I quote, State Assemblywoman Christina Garcia, a Democrat who introduced the legislation, said this is another sad reminder that we must legalise a more environmentally friendly option as soon as possible. While the Catholic Church strongly objects to this latest green initiative, Kathleen Domingo, I'm quoting again here, the executive director for the California Catholic Conference, said the process reduces the human body to simply a disposable commodity. Using this method, Domingo said, can create an unfortunate spiritual, emotional and psychological distancing from the deceased. Now look, the body rots after death and we await the general resurrection when the body will be resurrected and made like Christ's glorious body and reunited with the soul. As far as I'm concerned, the real issue here is this obsession with earth worship. It's this making a god out of the planet so that even the dead are expected to comply with the climate change religion. Well, links to all those stories are available so you can read and research them for yourself. Follow the web link in the episode notes to wwwsemper reformata.com to learn more. Today's Grace Gem is from J.R. Miller. Miller writes, Many shrink from ministering to the poor because they have no money to give. But money alone is the poorest alms ever bestowed. There are gifts which every true Christian, however poor, has to bestow, which are infinitely better than money. The apostles gave no money, silver and gold, had they none. And Jesus never gave any money. We never read of him giving a mite to any who were poor or in distress. And yet no man was ever such a lavish giver of beneficence as he. What did Christ give? He gave loving service and pity and sympathy and compassion and tears and personal help. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13 and 3, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Find more inspirational quotes on gracegems.org. Well, let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, do help us to see that all the honours of this world are meaningless, to those of us who know and love the Lord Jesus. For we seek no honour or recognition of our own. Our desire is that Christ might have the preeminence in all things. And we know that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. 
And Father, in these difficult days, when people are fearful for the future, let us look to you for our comfort and our help. For you have told us that you will never leave us and never forsake us. May we learn to help and bless those in need. And even when we do not have money to give, help us to give love to others as Christ has loved us. Forgive us all of our sins, not because of any merit of ours, but because God's justice has been fully satisfied in Christ, in his atoning work on the cross. And accept our thanks, we pray. Well, that's all for now. Catechism class is tomorrow, Tuesday at one o'clock, and there should be a sermon podcast on Saturday. Don't be discouraged. Let's keep watching and keep praying, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please help to make it better known by opening the podcast app on your phone or mobile device. Then, search for The Semper Reformata Podcast. Subscribe and give it a 5-star rating. See you next time.